Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It was his first start, and he's going to get his second start. Thanks to Kevin O'Connell announcing that Nick Mullins will be the quarterback starting for the Vikings on Sunday versus Detroit. Joining us now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Don Mitchell with Fox 9. Good morning, Don. Thanks so much for getting up early to join us here this morning. Did this surprise you at all, or was there sort of that feeling that he was going to get another shot to start? Uh, I absolutely knew in my heart that he would get another start because you can't throw that on Jaron Hall going into the Lions, ma- <clears throat> excuse me, the Lions matchup um, of this magnitude. Uh, you, if you really want to have Jaron Hall part of your franchise for the future, that's not a situation that you throw him in. Now, with that said, if Nick Mullins turns the ball over and it does not look good, be prepared to see Jaron Hall come into this game. So, you, you just have to look back on what their strategy is now and why Josh Dobbs isn't playing. It it just isn't sustainable for them to keep kind of making things up and kind of having the game plan go Josh Dobbs' way. They have a system in place, so they went to Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins is a guy that's been with Kirk Cousins the longest. So it makes sense. And he did a lot of good things on Sunday. But those critical mistakes that you just heard Coach talk about – Kevin O'Connell knows you cannot turn the ball over, especially in the red zone. Cardinal sin. So hopefully those will be cleaned up by Sunday. It's certainly and giving him that second start would help. So Josh Dobbs is, is just now third stringer and that's it. What happened to his downfall? Obviously there were turnovers. There were things that went wrong for him, but he had such a promising start when he came in and knew nothing about the playbook or even names of his, his teammates. But also the defenses knew nothing about Josh Dobbs really in the system and what he would do. So, you know, it is the element of surprise, so to speak. He also, he can scramble. Well, defenses are looking at what he can do. Like, okay, when look at when he gets outside the pocket and he can scramble, we got to eliminate that. Let's force him to be a stand-in-the-pocket kind of guy like a Kirk Cousins, and we all know that Josh Dobbs isn't Kirk Cousins. So a lot of it is not on Josh Dobbs, and I think Kurt Warner talked about this after that last game. Like, if you look, he didn't play that poorly. But if the Vikings really want to go into the postseason and try to make a run out of this, they have to go back to the systems that they've had in place for two years now. That took Kirk Cousins two years to figure out, two years to digest. And you can't expect Josh Dobbs to do that in two weeks. And it wasn't sustainable to keep doing the, all right, um, let's just do what you do best because that's not fair to the rest of the offense. It's not fair to the rest of the season. So it's not all on Josh. And then who's the, who's the next in the comfort zone? Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's been with them the long length of time. So it was kind of a, a combo that kind of snuck up on him. A lot of people feeling bad for Dobbs. I do too, but it's also the life in the NFL.
Uh, yeah, that certainly is the case. You're in the big time. That's how it goes. Uh, we talked to Dane Mizutani with the Pioneer Press yesterday about the tush push. A lot of talk about that. Oh. The call at the end, you know, over doing the same thing. I just want to get your take on it because you, you give us some good insight as well. You're so close to the team and, and interviewing the players, especially after that loss in Cincinnati. Just how do you think they've been reacting to it and, and the calls that were made there at the end? You know, the interesting thing is someone brought that up to Kevin yesterday and was asking if, if Brian Flores was trying to tell him, listen, take a timeout. That's not the personnel that you want in there. Because after the first tush push, you're like, why is the smallest guy pushing the tush? I mean, like, come on, physics. We all can figure that out. That's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. um, and they, he said no. Like, he, they were wanting to know where the spot was confirmed before they proceeded. So I just find that to be interesting. Um I still question the play call. I also don't know how, you know, if they said, let's go for this extra long field goal, how that would have gone down. I just think visually for fans, they wanted to see someone go down swinging or kicking, so to speak. But yeah, you've got to, you have to get your bigger guys behind the the tush, as we all know, to push and make that work. So uh, hopefully they can just flush all that. And uh, some people are saying, I think Jim Suhan had a column saying, we, the NFL needs to ban the tush push. I don't think that that's going to happen, yeah. but I can see his point of view on it, that he thinks it dumbs down the league because everyone knows the tush push is coming. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's interesting. I don't know if you've noticed it. Years ago when he was mic'd up, Anthony Barr actually called it. It's been going around on social media. If you guys want to search social media, Anthony Barr was mic'd up, and he goes, you know, why don't you just line a bunch of big guys up and just push that guy forward? So That's what I know. was wondering. It's not just the Philly that does it. I, I'm like, this has happened before, and I'm glad. i yeah. got to look that up because yeah. it was Anthony Barr that was saying that. Yeah, Anthony Barr, they had him mic'd up, and he said, and they said, look at Anthony Barr way back then. He was brilliant. He came up with it. I mean, it's obvious. You get your big guys behind this right. guy and push him over the line. Yes, it's very obvious for sure. Uh, so I want to get your take on this. Who would you say so far would be the Vikings MVP so far this season? Yeah, a lot, Ooh, lot of injuries. Love- yeah, a lot of injuries, you know, obviously that have hit the team hard. Who do you think has really stepped up? To help this team, can we give it to a collective group, the sure. defense, sure. or can we give it to Brian Flores? <laughs> like the whole collective defense has really kept this team afloat, and that's no knock on the offense, but they have had to deal with losing Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. You know, give them this gold medal star for seriously keeping their their mental attitude with them as they're dealing with all these adjustments. Because we've seen teams in the NFL kind of fold, you know, fold when that happens, and we're seeing now the the QB2 experience going on now in the NFL. Well, they've been through QB4, and they're still 7-7 seven and seven and trying to beat the Eagles and go to the postseason um, with two more games after that. So um, and they still control their own destiny, but if they lose this Sunday, it's going to be interesting. So I give it to the D. Okay, fair enough. So let's talk about that playoff picture. Seattle won last night. There are now five teams in the NFC with seven and seven records. There are three playoff wild card spots left. These games, like you said, are just crucial. They have to win. They have to win. If they win out, it looks great. If they lose, it gets very tough for them. Um, you know, then we have to get down into who has, you know, the percentage points over so-and-so, who has the tiebreaker. So it's almost like that beautiful mind math, you know. So if you get too far ahead of yourself, you can drive yourself crazy on it. So control, and this is the message, what Kevin O'Connell is saying to this team, 
you control one thing, and that is going in, do not turn the ball over, and we can beat the Lions. And we, we see that the Lions are beatable. So, the, you know, they're not like this, you're facing San Francisco 49ers this weekend. Um, but even so, you have to have the mindset that any team can be beat. So, yeah, so just control that and then see where you go after that. So if they win out, things are looking great. Two of three, I still think they're in the postseason. If they lose all three, they're done. So um, and now that's not specific math on that, but, you know, one game at a time, and you, you got to win at home Christmas Eve day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was just recalling that Christmas Eve game I went to in 2004. Uh, it was Mike Tice was the coach. Randy Moss, we played the Packers, lost 34 to 31. That was a very depressing Christmas Eve. (laughs) It was back in the dome. I know, it was back in the dome. So hopefully people will be uh, celebrating this Christmas Eve a win. Always good to talk to you. And you'll have to get up early, I assume, for all your pregame coverage? Yes, we are. Whenever it's a home game, our pregame show is an hour and a half. So we're 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. I will have my family in from Boston this is the second straight year. Hopefully they'll bring some luck as well. They came last year for the whiteout. And, um, yeah, it'll be a long, good day of football, hopefully. Hopefully we'll be talking about good things and not turnovers at the, you know, at the line. <laughs> we'll be watching for sure. Don, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Don Mitchell with Fox 9. You can watch her uh, before the game, as she said, starting at 930 on Fox 9. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.